For centuries, humans have been growing alongside our botanical brethren. Our histories have mixed and mingled to bring us modern medical marvels, faded folklore, and everything in between. Of course, in order to understand the plant, we have to start with its roots. I'm M. Governor Gaddis, and this is Rooted. Hello, and welcome back to another week of Rooted. It's hard to believe we're already on episode 20, but for this one, we're talking about a fast-growing, luck-bringing giant, bamboo. Bamboo isn't just one plant, but is actually a very diverse subfamily of the fast-growing perennials belonging to the bamboozoidae subfamily of the grass family Poaceae, which means, you guessed it, bamboo is actually a grass. But you aren't alone if you thought it was also a tree. These guys and palms, which are also grasses, easily confuse us because, well, let's face it, they aren't nearly as waggly or wavy as their wacky weirdo cousins. Bamboo is actually even further divided into three clades classified as tribes, which are all based on where they tend to grow. And those three are, one, the New World herbaceous species found in the Americas, two, the tropical woody bamboos found primarily in areas like the Philippines, and three, temperate woody bamboos, which are the ones we most often think of when we think of bamboo forests in China. All told, there are more than 1,400 distinct species of bamboo spread across 115 genera. While there are many different types of bamboo, each with their own personal attributes and needs, there are some things that stay the same for all of them. For instance, most bamboo prefers moist, rich, and well-draining soil with plenty of room to grow and spread. But bamboo is notorious for growing pretty much anywhere and not minding too much about soil quality or space so long as it has access to some water. In fact, most bamboo is so prolific that it can be nearly impossible to get rid of or control once planted if not managed carefully. Bamboo is able to grow so prolifically and quickly due to its rhizome-dependent system. To break that down, the way bamboo grows is actually vastly different than most other plants. Essentially, it grows in clusters as a colony, which means that it will focus its energy on one group of canes for a short period of time, usually about 60 days, in the growing season, which is typically spring. And while it's focused on that group of canes, it is solely focused there, meaning it's putting all of its energy on putting on as much growth as possible for about 60 days, getting as tall and thick as it possibly can. Then, after those 60 days, the plant will move on to another group, not spending any additional energy on upward or outward growth. And while it will put on new leaves each year, old growth will never get any taller or wider. As the plant grows stronger with each additional colony, each group gets taller and wider until it reaches maturity, which usually happens within 7 to 10 years. 
The part of bamboo we see is only actually about 50% of the plant, with their roots and rhizome network making up the rest of it in a complex system of underground growth that can be in either clumping masses or more linear patterns depending on the style of growth. Clumping or running bamboo. Speaking of growth, on average, bamboo can grow up to 3 feet or 91 centimeters a day, which is basically the length between the top of your thumb and your first knuckle every hour. The fastest growing variety of bamboo is Japanese giant timber bamboo, which actually grows at a rate of about 4 feet or 1.5 meters in 24 hours. That's about as long as one credit card an hour. If you want to grow bamboo, the best way to do it is to always take a cutting or clump from an established colony. Not only will this go a lot faster, but apparently most bamboo will only seed once every 20 to 120 years. And seeds are only viable for a very short period of time, so waiting for a viable seed is just not practical. Interestingly, this short and rare seed cycle means that when a species of bamboo does flower, there's only a period of about 5 to 10 years to see the blooms before they're all gone for another 20 to 120 year period. When they do bloom, the flowers look a lot like other grass blooms. They're sort of spiky and hairy, but kind of weird looking. Bamboo flowers specifically look like a mix between pompous grass and corn husks, with like weird little baubles, which are the seeds, hanging down. I'll just put a picture up on Instagram because it's super strange and for sure worth taking a peek at. Bamboo blooms are a rarity, which according to an old proverb might be for the best. According to the Mizo people of modern-day Northeast India, when the bamboo flowers, famine, death, and destruction will soon follow. And while this would be easy to brush off as a creepy, old-timey saying, there is some truth to this. There are all kinds of examples, but the two most well-documented cases of bamboo flowers lining up with massive, terrible events are the 1894 arrival of the bubonic plague in China and the great rat infestation of Mizoram, which happened last in 2004. While the arrival of the bubonic plague in China may have just been a case of bad timing for bamboo flowers, with the blooms lining up nearly perfectly within the entire timeline of the pandemic from 1894 to 1898. However, we now know that the bubonic plague was mostly carried by rats, which is interesting because one snack rats love? Bamboo seeds. We know this because of the rat infestation that happens to line up exactly with the 50-year bloom cycle of Mizoram. Apparently, the rats flock to the forests and towns when the specific species of bamboo flowers and this is because they provide a massive amount of super tasty seeds. So, the whole forest basically becomes a tourist destination for hangry foodie rats. Terrifying stuff. Imagine your hometown being under siege from rats every 50 years. 
just honestly a big no thanks for me. In less horrific folklore, a story in Japan known as the Bamboo Cutter details the life of a man who finds a tiny child turned eternal moon princess trapped in a piece of bamboo. The story goes that once a bamboo cutter was having a perfectly average day on the job. He was just going about his day, going through the motions of cutting bamboo and harvesting it to take back to the city to sell. Everything was pretty normal, until suddenly he cut into a stock and found a teeny tiny baby, no bigger than his thumb. Upon finding the tiny baby, he took her home to his wife, where they agreed they would name the child Naotake no Kaguya Hime, or Shining Princess of the Young Bamboo, and raise her as their own. Every day, the man went to cut bamboo, and in every stock he found a golden nugget. Before long, his family was quite wealthy, and they were able to provide a perfect childhood for Naotake. As time passed, the child grew bigger and stronger, until, over the course of a few years, she had grown into a beautiful woman. While the family had at first tried to keep Naotake a secret, before long she had a line of men waiting for a chance to ask for her hand in marriage. The first five noblemen to ask for her hand were really rather boring, so Naotake decided to give them impossible tasks in order to even stand a chance with her. The first was asked to procure the begging bowl of Buddha, but instead of going on the quest, the man decided to try to pass off a blackstone cauldron as the bowl. However, Naotake was not about to fall for a cheap knockoff. It didn't even have the signature glow of the Buddha bowl, and she was not settling for these secondhand shenanigans. The next was asked to procure a bejeweled branch from a tree on the mysterious island of Horai. The next week, the man returned, branch in hand, and Naotake was satisfied with the offering, and even complicated giving the man a chance, until his jeweler turned up at the house asking for payment. The third man was supposed to bring back a robe made of Chinese fire rat skins, which were said to be inflammable, but his dreams literally went up in smoke when Naotake set fire to the robe he brought her almost instantly. The fourth was tasked with stealing a gem from a dragon's neck, but chickened out when he realized that he was born without sea legs, and panics in the face of his first storm on the voyage to find said dragon. And finally, suitor number five was supposed to find a snail shell that was laid by a swallow, but he literally plummeted to his death while rooting around in a particularly precarious swallow's nest. After being disappointed by yet another man, Naotake decides that it might be better to just never get married. But the Emperor of Japan wasn't done trying to woo her. Instead of being pushy and rude, the Emperor was patient and kind. So, as the years passed, he and Naotake became great friends. And in time, her parents truly thought they would get married. However, one day her mother found her weeping on the floor in her room, and when she asked what was wrong, 
her daughter explained that she couldn't risk forming human attachment to anyone else, as she had to return to her home on the moon. And this is where you know her parents are, like, the nicest people in the world, because instead of questioning it, they just ask how they can support her. Which, I guess if they weren't weirded out by the whole finding her as a thumb baby in a bamboo stalk, like, what would phase them? Any day, one day the moon people come down to take her home and explain that they were behind the gold in the bamboo, and they were just leaving it there for her parents in order to ensure that Nayotake had the happiest life on earth possible. Before she leaves, she thanks her parents and gives the emperor an amulet that will make him immortal. Devastated, he asks his men to find the mountain closest to the moon and burn the amulet, because he doesn't want to live forever if she isn't there. And he's hoping that this will be the equivalent of, like, holding a boombox over his head and yelling to her that he's just super sorry. And while this didn't have the desired effect, it is the reason that Mount Fuji is called that. It's a nod to immortality from this exact story. In China, the story goes that once there was a boy who was so desperate for food for his family. His mom was very sick, and he was starving. One day, he felt so hopeless that all he could do was weep. And as his tears hit the earth, they formed into bamboo shoots, so many that he had more than enough to feed his family. He rushes home to make a soup, which is not only super tasty, but actually cures his mother. In some Malaysian legends, it's said that humans came from bamboo, when a man dreamed of a beautiful woman sleeping under the bamboo, and when he woke up in the morning, he broke the stem open and found her inside. A variation of the story is that they were both split from the same reed, with a bit of hesitation around being siblings or meant to be spouses. But ultimately, they do get married, and thus humanity begins. Bamboo is so deeply ingrained in so many cultures that it would be nearly impossible to share all the amazing stories and tales tied to it. Some people, especially in regions near modern-day India and Nepal, tend to believe that bamboo brings misfortune when planted, as it can cast a shadow that invites the spirit of death and can even lead to infertility. Interestingly, in other cultures and religions, bamboo is said to be good luck and can even bring fertility and prosperity. These beliefs can mostly be traced back not only to the stories above, but also the Buddhist concept of enlightenment. For context, a key step to becoming enlightened is to accept that one must be empty to accept the universal spirit. As you likely remember, bamboo is both at once strong, full of life, and absolutely hollow at its core, making it the perfect symbol for enlightenment. While bamboo has played a massive role in many cultures and traditions, it's also said to have played a role in some darker parts of history. There are some reports that bamboo played a key role in torture in the early 19th century in countries like Japan, India, and China. However, 
This is disputed, as we don't have many accounts of this happening, and it's also debated whether or not this would be historically accurate based on the accounts we do have. The alleged torture, without getting into too much detail, involved tying someone up and placing them on sometimes sharpened bamboo shoots and basically just waiting for the bamboo to casually grow through that person. Just for kicks, in 2008, Mythbusters tested to see if this was even possible by placing ballistic gel on top of bamboo shoots. And sure enough, within three days, the bamboo had penetrated the gel, which is said to be about the same consistency as human flesh. So, a big yikes there. But bamboo isn't all bad. We also use it for a ton of super positive things. In food, bamboo is not only a tasty treat and vital source of nutrients for pandas who would literally be extinct without it, but it's also a very healthy addition to our diets. Young bamboo shoots are added to a myriad of soups, curries, rice dishes, and so much more. It adds a delightful texture and tons of vitamins and minerals like potassium, iron, manganese, copper, calcium, zinc, and vitamins A, B6, B10, B12, and vitamin E. Not only are they used in food, but bamboo is also commonly used as a sustainable option for cutlery and as a substitute for paper products. Bamboo is a popular substitute for wood due to its much faster growth rate, comparable tensile strength, and similar look and feel once refined. It needs significantly less water and nutrients, which makes it far more sustainable compared to wood, and in many of the same applications. Bamboo is being used in some textile applications as well, but is apparently far more useful and less prickly than vegetable flannel a la episode 13. In traditional Chinese medicine, Bamboo is said to be cooling, calming, and phlegm-resolving. It was used to treat things like lung issues, stomach problems, and improper energy flow. These benefits are mostly believed to come from the leaves of the plant, which is why we have been focusing there more in our modern research. Today we know that bamboo leaves have antioxidant, anti-inflammatory, and cardioprotective elements and we're currently studying those for applications in the treatments of leukemia, diabetes, and in easing labor and delivery pains for those giving birth. In addition to these medical applications, bamboo can also be an important ally in sustainability efforts. One thing to note is that bamboo can be extremely invasive, especially in areas with plenty of rainfall, so it has to be extremely carefully managed and monitored. And while it is a popular choice in landscaping as a privacy screen, this often comes at the risk and endangerment of native ecosystems, which simply cannot outcompete bamboo. However, when planted and maintained appropriately, bamboo is an excellent substitution for lumber, saving us tons of water and other resources, while also helping to protect our ever-shrinking forests. Overall, bamboo is a fascinating and vitally important plant in our history and our future. 
There are so many interesting stories, applications, and facts to share that I couldn't possibly touch on them all in one episode, but maybe someday we'll revisit this grassy guy. In the meantime, I hope you can appreciate all that Bamboo has brought to us and continues to offer. It's certainly something we've leaned on for centuries, sometimes literally, and for that, I think it deserves a head kiss. However, that neighbor you know is planning to use it as a way over-the-top privacy screen, feel free to give them a side-eye, or maybe even a deeply disappointed thumbs-down, while also offering up some better options for your area. As always, thank you so much for listening and taking the time to learn a little bit more about a plant you might just see every day. I'll catch you next week with even more plant facts and folklore. If you liked the show, please consider subscribing and leaving us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Rooted.Pod. We're on YouTube at Rooted.Podcast, and check out our website, RootedPod.com, for transcripts, updates, and so much more. Thanks for being here, and until next time, be kind to yourselves, be kind to the earth, and just like a plant, drink your water. <laughs>